Welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan Lopez. He's got his background changed for a very special occasion today. Super excited to go over uh, today's episode. Lots of uh, stuff to talk about. Um, we're lots of uh, not stuff to talk about, I guess you could say, because there's a very, very quiet trade deadline for the Broncos. But we're still going to go over our thoughts on the Broncos um, not making any trades today, um, how they approached the, de- the deadline, and Sean Payne owning up to his word um, that, they, that he was laughing at all these uh, trade rumors that he's seen online. Um, lots and more to talk about today. J-Mac cannot join us today. He's a little bit caught up and busy. We'll have him back on the next one. Um, but Jordan, um, I know you're you're feeling absolutely magnificent right now, so it's kind of a rhetorical when I ask you this, but Jordan, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Today was a great day. An absolute great day. You know, I was very nervous going into today. Never know what's going to happen during the trade deadline. This was by far the most nerve-wracking out of the three trade allegations we had to beat. And yeah, I'm going to say we, we had to beat and we did. So I'm happy. He's still a Bronco and we're going to have a great second half of the year. I think they're actually going to pass him the ball. So I'm just happy that the duo of Cortland and Judy stay for now. Jewel stays, Bull stays. Let's make a second half run here. Let's make a second half run. Could this be the last dance with Jared Judy and Cortland Sutton over these uh, next nine games? I don't want. I don't want to think about that right now. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> you already know me. I'm already thinking about how the, these these rumors and stuff are. If if these guys don't absolutely break out over this in the next half of the season after this buy, their rumors are going to swing right back. I mean this 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 will be uh, not a surprise to anyone because it's exactly what happened last year. I mean yeah. any Broncos fan that watched games last year, um, not a great year, and then towards the end, Jerry Judy Russell Wilson finally starts to form some chemistry on the field. He was like t- top five in receiving yards over the, the second half of the season, yep. and we go straight into the off season, and you're seeing Jordan Schultz, Ian Rapport talk about how. Jerry Judy and Corlin Sun are being shopped. So it's like it, it never really stops. And even after the draft, you saw news like that. So these guys, um, I'm excited to see what they do over the next year, uh, the next, you know, nine games, though. Um, I like I said, man, and everybody knows that me and you were big fans of Jerry Judy. Don't think he should have been traded. We're glad they did not trade him. Um, and I know we, uh, you know, you you specifically made your call that they would not trade him. Um, so glad to see him stay here. Obviously, we got some news today from us, uh, some you know reporters, including Benjamin Albright, Mike Kliss, and others, Troy Rank, talking about how the Broncos actually received numerous calls from uh, multiple teams regarding. Pastor Tan, obviously, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Um, but teams are tr- like kind of trying to lowball the Broncos when it came to their two receivers. Obviously, um, like Albert Breer mentioned, it was going to take a Jalen Ramsey-type return to move off of PS2, maybe even more. Um, so he was never being realistic as a you know trade option. But Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, teams actually want to trade for him. It's almost like these guys are good receivers, and the fans put a little bit too much on them. I mean, would you look at that? They 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 watch tape. They don't watch the box score. That's all I'm gonna say. But um, really, really good route runner. He always getting open. Jerry Judy, um, according to sources, he was not you know getting more than a, a day three pick um, you know offer from other teams. So kind of unfortunate there that teams didn't really you know, volume as that as high as maybe uh, the Broncos do. But at the same time, I'm glad because, uh, like I said, I mean, yeah, he's perfect here, here right in Denver um, where, with Sean Payne. Hopefully, though, like the biggest thing with me is, is you know, Russell Wilson's got to feed him the ball. Even though we're a run-first team, they got to feed him the ball. I, I can't, you know, really expect him to get 
maybe a thousand yards this season. Maybe he does. I would love to see it. But with us being a really good run first team and, you know, winning games that way, I, I just don't know if, you know, fans having this unrealistic expectation that he gets like 1,300, 1,200, 1,100 will actually happen. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't think he'll get it get to 1,000. I know he had it last year if you count the rushing yards that they gave him for the Chargers game, which was a bit weird. But we're going to become a run-dominant first team now, especially during the second half. That's been our identity the last few games, so I can see that coming. So, again, for all the box scores, uh, people do not think that Judy and Son are playing bad just because they have two catches for 45 yards and three targets. That's not the reason why. They're they're open. They're just We're just running the ball more. Or being more aggressive and more physical down the trenches. So, and I think that's a good thing. I think they'll actually get more. I think Sun, I know he's been scoring TDs uh, the first half of the season, but I think that's going to continue, especially with the play action game now going to be more involved in the second half. And I think Judy's touchdown should get, be a little bit more up in the second half as well. So we'll see. I'm just glad that they're both here. They're, they're both staying in Denver. And I don't believe some of the value stuff that's been floating out in the internet because. A lot of it has been contradicting each other with the insiders a bit. So I don't know what to believe on that front. But um, I do know that, and it, it's been reported by everybody, a lot of teams were calling for Judy and then for Sutton, especially the Ravens for Sutton. So we know that for a fact. So we knew people wanted them. But the value part, we really don't know. And, of course, I mean, we shouldn't. I mean, that, that'll just give away the trade talks and stuff like that. But it – like you said, teams wanted these guys, and I'm happy that we kept them. Yeah, exactly. Corlin Sun, I have to admit I was wrong about. He is a red zone monster. I mean, he's uh, third in the NFL um, with, six, with six touchdowns this season, um, and all of them, uh, yeah, all of them coming in the red zone. So that's it's pretty remarkable what he's been able to do and, uh, you know, kind of slimming down this offseason. Looks so much better with Champagne calling plays. Um, his, his Him and Russ have perfected that scramble drill. Um, so it's really, really good to see what he's doing, um, you know, here with the Broncos this year. But um, moving uh, moving aside, uh, PS2 obviously not getting traded, never a realistic idea. I know some people threw around the idea that they could trade him to help them propel up in the draft. Uh, but with the Broncos having, uh, you know, 3-5 record now, getting a, a win over the Packers and then the, the, the Chiefs this week, um, what are your kind of outlooks? For the, the remainder of the season, at this point, I was telling you off the air that I, I kind of have to force myself into believing, uh, even if it may be a little delusional, that we could make the playoffs this year. I know at three and five, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think we will make the playoffs. But with whole coaching staff, excuse me, and the uh, the, the front office and the roster themselves, I mean, they, these guys really rallied that last game. I mean, they really came in, you know, played. I felt like just body language wise, these guys were playing a lot different football the last uh, six games as opposed to this week um what, what are your kind of uh thoughts on how the season could look from here on out do you like realistically have hope uh after you know a win over the chiefs would definitely give you hope but just looking at our schedule ahead the strength of it do you think the broncos will make the playoffs in terms of realistic but in terms of schedule rise strength of schedule i think we have a favorable schedule i will say that i think if you look at some of the games you can kind of nitpick here and there some of the games are favorable. I know a lot of people just look at the Browns defense and then the Bills and teams like that. There are ways to beat them, just like how we just beat the Chiefs. Everyone's beatable every week. Um, I would say I don't think we're going to make the playoffs, but I do think we will be making a run. I do think we're going to be in a couple games that we need a few teams to lose, and we start looking at that Twitter account. I think NFL playoff picture 
or something like that. Um, so I think it, it's going to be real interesting. Uh, the AFC is not, and I don't want, I don't want to understate this, but the AFC is really good, but the records right now in the AFC could be better. We expect it to be a lot better, but some teams are struggling. Some teams are struggling and that's just the nature of it. I think a lot of fans and media really overreact to teams and the rosters and how they would play week to week, not knowing that everyone can get beat any single day, any single week. So again, I think that applies to the Broncos and, that this Chiefs win is big, and you can see Sean Payne's you know fingerprints all over it. Now his blueprint for the organization and the team, so you can kind of see things jutting together little by little. I know we talked a lot about on this show about rebuilding the roster and it being you know, the long term right decision. Kind of accepting a rebuild is the only way to go for the long term future of this franchise being um, you know successful, rather than you know just kind of swallowing the pill now, but. I'm like more satisfied, honestly. A lot of people are mad that we didn't do anything at the deadline. Personally, I didn't think we were, we're going to be buyers at all. Like with the Broncos having to trade for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, and then also trading up for Riley Moss, that took away a lot of draft capital for this upcoming year. Not the Russ trade, though. But um, you get the point. The Broncos are low on draft capital. They, they weren't going to really be, you know, buyers to a, a certain extent, like fans thought they were going to be. Like. Saw multiple people mad that we didn't trade for uh, Montez Sweat or Chase Young or Jalen Johnson. Like maybe one of those players could have been realistic. While the, I don't think it would, but what I'm trying to get at is like I'm more satisfied that the Broncos just didn't sell low with the, the guys that they had rumored in these uh, with these uh, trade options. Like if they were going to trade away Jerry Judy for a fifth round pick, trade around trade uh, Quill and Son away for uh, a fifth round pick, whatever it was, and sell low. I, I think that would have been most frustrating to me personally. I'm glad we didn't sell either, especially because we picked Judy as like the 15th overall pick in the first round. So trading him for like a fourth or a fifth would be just absolutely horrendous. And then you can say the same thing with Sun. I think we drafted Sun in the second round, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And then we would trade him for what, like a fourth or a fifth. That's not great value in my opinion. And I still believe that those two wide receivers can be really good. It's just, they haven't been in the position to be the most successful. And, Again, that's not their problem and not their fault because they can't control who the head coach is, the play caller, the offensive coordinator. These guys have dealt with a lot in Denver. And again, I'm not, and I'm happy that we didn't sell low on either Bowles or even Jewel and any other guys that we were supposed to trade. So I'm happy that, you know, they're still in Denver. I still would have liked to trade Jewel. Um, while I do, I'm, I do see why they didn't trade him because they do have hopes for the rest of the season. So why would you trade away your starting linebacker? Um, they would only do that if the the hopes in the season kind of soared. Um, so I'm glad everybody at least is on the same page in terms of like not having any kind of differences in the the front office, coaching staff, that relationship. Knowing that they're they all were encouraged by these two wins and think that they can actually uh, make a run in the, in the the final nine games of the season. And like you said, there are certain teams in the AFC where maybe they're not as great as we thought they were going to go into into the season. And I, I said on the show, we had Eric Goodman on, like the narrative changes every week, you know, in the NFL. So the Broncos could, you know, one week, um, you know, have a game where it's like the, the commanders of the Dolphins. And next thing you know, we're three and five, not even trading a single player at the deadline. Like that that's just how the NFL is, man. It's a narrative always changes. And you talked about, you know, not selling low, getting, you know, um, the, the wrong value in return for uh, those players where you drafted them as opposed to what you would trade for them years later. I mean, look at a team like the the, the Giants. I mean, they traded a second and a fourth round or excuse me, a second um, and like a sixth for uh, Leonard Williams like four years ago, something like that. And then they trade him for a second and fifth this year. 
after getting those years out of him and then flip him to the Seahawks. I mean, I'm so I, I gotta say here, I'm so glad the Seahawks uh, finally are on the bad end of, end of a trade and they got robbed this time. Um, but it was good to see they got they got fleece. I don't care what anybody says about Leonard Williams. The fact that they traded, they got more out of what they even traded for him to begin with, like four years ago, is is remarkable. But um, big big trade there. That's kind of what you know. If the Broncos were going to ship off like Sutton or Judy, it can't be you know like a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, at them at that point, you just keep them because a fourth or fifth round pick depending on who our next GM is, imagine that turned out to be a bust or something. And then, and then the fans look back and like, man, I, I really wish we didn't trade Jared Judy. He's, he's balling out on the lions right now. Or he's balling out on the Niners right now. Like that's just kind of like what it would have been like. Um, so that's kind of my whole take on that. Um, some other players that we're glad are not gone. Justin Simmons is an easy one. I mean, he has uh, the most interceptions since entering the league in 2016. I mean, just wow. I don't know if there's any other way to explain that. I mean, so many fans like to say the ball goes straight to him, but he's he's a magnet for the ball, and he's always in the right place at the right time, and that's what high IQ players do. They they, they know no matter what scheme that they're in, zone, man, wherever, whatever, cover, whatever it is, they're always in the right place to make plays, and that's exactly what Justin Simmons is. And for any NFL player out there, rather than the fans, um, you know, Justin Simmons is one of those guys uh, where he's teach tape for a lot of players. Like yeah. he's not he's not just one of those guys where he's just getting freebies. He, he's teach tape. He he's kind of like the glue in the secondary. I mean, look at what happened when he wasn't playing. I mean, the Chicago game. You have the Dolphins game. I mean, look at what happens when Justin Simmons is not on the field. You can't trade away a player like that. And um, I remember I said on – I'll always be fair on the show. I, I said on the show that um, I felt like moving on from Russ would have been a little bit easier if you also trade just Justin Simmons and get off his contract. Yeah, they're, that never truly made any sense. So I have to backtrack on that. Justin Simmons, great, great player. Why, why would you trade him, especially if you, you see a Kevin Byer going for what he went to uh, for the Eagles? So um, it just never was realistic. Garrett Bowles is another one. Left tackles are very hard to find. I know if you mentioned it, this is quarterback's blind side. Um, he's been playing very, very good football this year. He's actually improved like miles as a run blocker. So I think Garrett Bowles, um, Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, those are kind of like building blocks on this team. And um, I'm not even sure if uh, Garrett Bowles will be trading in the offseason as well. He could be. Maybe the Broncos uh, eye someone in the draft and they do end up um you know not having a top draft pick and they'd rather just take a tackle and at the end of the first round um but Garrett Bowles if he continues to play like this I mean who cares if he's 33 35 36 he's playing good football so yeah no I agree with everything everything you said and it just only makes it more and more like true that all like whatever the players here in the locker room about the media and like them talking about oh, this player should get traded, it's all BS. Like they just care about what's in their locker room and stuff. Like Justin Simmons had to deal with all the trade rumors, like Judy, and then we see them like having a good time at the Halloween party and just caring awesome. about winning. And we saw the video after the game; they had that little uh, celebration in the locker room, going absolutely crazy with uh, the coaches and stuff. So like those are the things like we love to see. And if one of them did get shipped today, like in a in a trade, it would have just demoralized that locker room. And that locker room is already tight as it is. So the last thing we needed was for someone to get shipped, like a Jay Sims or Judy or Sutton, that it would have just destroyed the locker room. But again, I agree with everything you said. I'm glad we did it. I believe that we can make a second half run. And I'm just glad that, again, we saw that buyer trade. Like you said, if we would have got that back with, with Justin Simmons, that would have been an awful, awful compensation for Justin Simmons. 
Yeah, I don't care if we lost our last two games and ended up going uh, one and seven. You don't yeah. trade a guy. You don't trade players like that. So, um, next, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about the, the. It was kind of a busy trade deadline today. I mean, you had players like Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Rasul Douglas, Josh Dobbs get traded. Um, I know you had talked a little bit about this off air, and some Broncos fans feel the same way. Um, do you think uh, Chase Young should be in a Broncos uniform right now? He went for just a third round pick. Um, I want to get your take on this because I kind of uh, I disagree on this one. Oh wow, um, it was interesting. As soon as I got that notification, Chase Young was traded, and I'm like, all right, let's see what we went to, and it's the 49ers, and it's like it must be great to be a 49ers fan and cover the 49ers and all that, right? But I don't know. It, it's weird because that third round pick is good is technically like a fourth. The, the 49ers are going to be high up in the third round. I don't know why. And how Denver did not do this, especially because it would be great to have someone like Chase Young, especially if it's just a third round pick. But I guess I can see why, but it was just real, real confusing. I think whoever our third round pick would have been was not going to be better than Chase Young. I think I can strongly believe in that. But I mean, I would like to hear your your thoughts on it and why. First of all, the Broncos next year are like 15, 20 million under the cat, something crazy like that. Um, he's on a cr- contract year, third round pick for someone who the biggest thing with me is his injuries. Like, I, I it's got to be, I mean, that's the elephant in the room. The injuries are a big concern with me. And I'm tired of, a, I, I'm just so tired of us trading and signing players that are so injury prone. And I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. The guy has dealt with injury after injury after injury since entering the league. To me, just trading a third-round pick that you might not even be able to, to, to pay next year. Like I think our free agency next year might be a little bit uh, – It's that, well, not, not even a little bit. It's going to be a lot less um, you know, uh, free agency frenzy, I guess you could say, than this previous year where we had a tons of cap room to work with, signing Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey, I mean, Tremont Smith, Jerry, like all these guys. So – to me, it, I don't know. It it just didn't make sense. Um, I don't want to really sh- bringing in a guy like Chase Young would be awesome. At the same time, though, I'm fine with who we have in the uh, the edge room right now in our defensive. I mean, Zach Allen's playing really, really good football. Um, Chase Young, you could line him up in the inside, outside, whatever you want to do with him. I think that's what makes him special, obviously. And he's playing some good football this year. Um, but the th- biggest thing with me is injuries and just trading a third round pick for a guy that you might, you probably won't even be able to pay next year. And then this year, just me, like me personally, I don't think we really are going to make the playoffs. I don't know. I I wouldn't make that move personally. Honestly, I would have made the Montez Sweat deal though more than I would have made the Chase Young deal. I actually like Montez Sweat more. I can see why. Like, And that was like one of my reasons why I was hindering on it, like the trades, why to do it and not to do it type. And again, he would, you know, you would have to redo his contract, right? And we're already cap, I don't want to say we're crap, cap uh, struck or whatever, the, whatever the term is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, like it, it just wouldn't make sense with that part, with the money and all that. You would want to get younger and get those rookie contracts within the team. And hopefully you find a stud within the draft. And so from that point, I totally understand. I know a lot of people won't like to hear it, but at the end of the day, we are trying to get young. And I know Chase Young is a very young player as well, but at the end of the day, he is going to cost a lot. In other words, if we drafted someone in the third round, that's a pass rusher and he turns out to be really good. He's under a rookie contract for a bit and then we can maneuver, maneuver some things and spend our money elsewhere, you know? So yeah, I totally understand from that point. 
Yeah, I'm excited about this upcoming Edge class. And um, another thing is, if it, like, let's say they do sign Chase Young after they traded and give him a big contract extension. Let's say he balls out over the second half of the season. You're committing to an uh, injury-prone player over the next. His deal will probably be like four years, something like that. So that, to me, I, I'm just not too sure. Uh, the, kind of, I kind of have PTSD a little bit with Randy Gregory. I guess that's a little bit why. Um, but Chase Young definitely is a better player. Um, at the same time, though, it's really just the, uh, the, the availability to me. Um, and I think you got to start bringing in, you know, making it more, um, you know, what's the word to say? I mean, making it more important when you're redoing your research on players who have a long injury history. And that's something that George Payne has been terrible at. Awful. I mean, Greg Dulcich is the one exception where he has been a lot injured a lot. But at UCLA, he never really dealt with the injury. So I can't get too mad at him for that. But other than that, like our injury injury prone players are players that have dealt with injuries a lot in their career. So um, to me, I, I wouldn't have made that move for Chase Young personally. I honestly would have been more, uh, you know, more willing to make that move for Montez Sweat, who eventually uh, went to the Chicago Bears for a more draft capital uh, for like a sec for like a second. Was it a fifth or sixth? Yeah, something like that, which was kind of weird too, because you wouldn't think the Bears would be trading for. That was so weird to me. But I don't know. I, that and I did mention it previous episode that I thought we were going to be like a soft type of buyer, like a maybe like a player swap type trade, and it just didn't come about. I know Jalen Johnson was someone that uh, a name that was floating around a bit, and I thought maybe that would have worked out a bit, especially because yeah. Demar Mathis has not been great this year and stuff like that. But again, I thought Denver probably would have done something like that, but I guess it wasn't in their best interest. And it only shows you, if I'm being quite honest, how much Peyton believes in this roster as of right now, because if he really didn't, he would be letting some. I mean, guys wouldn't be on the roster right now after the trade deadline. So. Kind of shows you how he feels about it, and actually what he believes going on for you know the rest of the season. All right, so uh, to wrap up the episode, we want to give a little bit of a quick prediction um, regarding the the last nine games of the NFL or the yeah the NFL season for the Broncos. Um, I know Jordan wants to talk about it. Uh, so we talked about you know whether or not the Broncos are going to make the playoffs. First of all, before we go ahead and uh, give our prediction for the last nine games of what the Broncos' record will be. What do you think is a record that the Broncos will need to get in, in order to get to the playoffs? Oh, that is a very good question. I think minimum has to be nine and eight. Yeah, nine and eight minimum. Has to be minimum. I don't think you're going to see teams like I think it was last year that I think one team had a losing record. I think it was Jacksonville, but it was like the division winner. So it's kind of crazy how that all worked out with the wild card and stuff like that. But I think minimum in the wild card is going to have to be nine and eight. Nine and eight. All right, so uh, last nine games, I I'm, I really have no idea. Like I was telling you, like the NFL changes week to week. You really don't know because right now you can look at a Browns game and be like, yeah, the Broncos could really win this, and they end up going in there, uh, you know, pregame, and nobody has hope. So that's really how the NFL works. Me personally, I'm gonna go ahead and predict like four and five. Um, that would put that would put us at like six and eleven on the season. So I I kind of like that. Maybe five and four. You never really know. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I just don't think, I think the Broncos played their asses off against the chiefs this week. I just don't know if they can consistently do that over the next nine games against some really, really, really good opponents. Some of them are really winnable games though. Like looking at the schedule, um, I think we beat the Vikings. Um, the Patriots are definitely a winnable game. One of the chargers games is definitely winnable. Um, the Texans is te technically it's winnable. 
Um, a lot of people think we're going to get our uh, butt stomped in that one, but definitely a winnable game, I'd like to argue. Um, but overall, I got the Broncos going like four and five, maybe five and four over the the next nine games. All right. So I got you all. I'll go game by game and tell you what is going to happen. This is the same guy that predicted Lloyd Cushenberry to be the player of the game and for us to beat the Chiefs. So I got everyone, all right? Lloyd Cushenberry did have a good game. And I know you guys made fun of me for that. He had a great game. He had a great game. Yeah, I mean, he's having a great game every week. I just, I was making fun of the point you picked an offensive line. <laughs> well, I can't trust any of our playmakers if they don't get the ball. So <sighs> You could have picked Javante, but... I mean, true. That, that is true. I mean, I but I also I think I kind of lumped them in together. I said Kushberg's gonna have a game because Javante's gonna run the ball well. But anyways, game by game, second half post trade deadline prediction. We got nine games. Monday night against the Bills. Think that's a win. Go four and five. Vikings game at home Sunday night. We're five hundred going in to the Browns game at home. That game. Is gonna fail us all. It's classic Broncos, five and six. Then we got the Texans at Houston, six and six. We're back at five hundred. We're back at five hundred. We got a divisional rival up next with the Chargers in LA, but it's not really a home game for the Chargers. We could have beat the Chargers twice last year, but we had Nathaniel Hackett as the coach. Now we got Sean Payne as the coach. We already saw what happened with the Chiefs game. It's going to happen this game. We beat the Chargers. We are above 500 at this point, and all hell is breaking loose on social media. Everyone is going crazy. Seven and six. Then we had travels to Detroit. This is going to be a big game. I think this is going to be an L. We're back at 500. Now everyone's emotions is everywhere. We don't know what to do. Seven and seven. Everyone's going crazy. Now we got the Patriots at home. Shot Classic Sean Payton, Bill Belichick game. It's going to be low scoring. It's going to be a nitty-gritty game, Christmas Eve. I'm predicting that's going to be a snow game, and we're going to win 13-10. to 10. That We're back up to 500. We're 8-7. and seven. We got the Chargers at home, uh, New Year's Eve, December 31st. That's another win. We're 9-7. and seven. And then, unfortunately, I do think we do shit the bet against the Raiders because I don't know why we have a tendency to do that. I think we're 9-8. and eight. Nine and eight. Yep. I got, uh, I got about like six and 11 for, for the season. That's probably my ceiling at this point. Um, I, I like to, I like to hear that you're definitely a little bit more uh, confident and, uh, you know, faithful for the rest of the season. Cause I definitely am not as uh, confident, but I, I'm very happy. The Broncos uh, beat the chiefs finally ended the streak. Um, I, I just need to see them. Here's my thing. Like if the Broncos beat the bills, I'm, 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 I'm on board with you. Like if they beat the bills now, I'm like, okay, we are back. Us beating the Chiefs, it's definitely not a fluke game. It's the first game that the Broncos had a convincing win in quite some time. Like even dating back to like next last year, I don't think we really had like any convincing wins to be honest. The beating the Chiefs twenty four to nine is a convincing ass win. Special teams, defense, offense, well mainly the run game looked remarkable. All complemented each other really well. But if you can go on a three game winning streak on Monday Night Football against. Sean McDermott's Buffalo Bills and that offense, and you go to four and five. Okay, now the Broncos are back. I that at that point, then I would like to give a better record record prediction for the rest of the year. Um, but as of now, I, I'm I'm sitting around that six and eleven, maybe seven and a ten mark. 
Um, I don't think the champagne will let us, you know, lose out from here on out. Um, so I do think there's going to be some good games. There's going to be some upsets over the, you know, the next nine games, but that's just kind of where I stand. But um, with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you guys are listening on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, help us get to 2K subs. Um, hope you guys weren't annoyed by all of our rebuild talks at the start of the season. Um, but here we are officially past the trade deadline. We can finally stop, stop talking about all the Jerry Judy, Cortland Sud trade rumors. Um, also, uh, today was uh, Halloween. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed your Halloween. Um, you know, trick or treating tonight, all you, uh, you youngins out there, um, and then all you adults as well, uh, dressing up. Uh, you know, like whatever, whatever you're dressing up as. Um, I personally don't 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 do that, but I love Halloween. So hope you guys had a, a great, <laughs> great Halloween. Um, uh, any anything you want to leave off on the episode with Jordan? I mean, I can't wait for the second half of the season, and then this guy right here. This guy right here is going to be the second half MVP for this team. For the Spotify listeners, he's pointing to his Jerry Judy uh, Im- background image. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Spotify listeners. I-, I love all you guys, girls, everyone. I You guys are the best. You people are the best. Yeah, they're they're listening to the audio probably on their way to work right now or way to the store or something right now. We love yes. you guys, wherever you guys listen. Appreciate all the support, especially if you're listening to the end. I uh, really, really appreciate that. Um, and then, you know, Perfect uh, intro. Uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify or podcast, make sure you guys follow. Leave a five-star rating. Turn notifications on so you never miss an episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. With that being said, I'm your host, Amir Farrell, with my co-host, Jordan. To the next episode. Peace out, everybody. Peace.